Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Praise God. Are you ready to get into the Word this morning? Trust your believe in God with me, and I've got a lot of different things and notes written down, and uh, I need your help this morning because we don't have a whole lot of time. Uh, but pastor, you knew, knowing he was going to be out of town, uh, had some things on my heart in conjunction with what he's been talking about. He's been talking about on Sundays and Sunday nights and even some Wednesdays about finding your place. And I know I'm right in the middle of another series, uh, uh, Money Matters. It started on Sundays. We've been finishing it on Sunday nights, and, and we're, we'll get to that eventually. But I kind of wanted to, to, felt impressed to stay on this this morning. And Pastor's not done. He's got at least one more session to do. He, he tried to finish last Sunday night and just didn't quite get there. Imagine that. And um, so he's going to have another session at some point when he gets home. And uh, this is by no means an attempt to, you know, complete or, or round out or polish or do anything pastor's message. It's been great. It's been excellent. And this isn't, I even thought this morning, this it's, this won't be finding your place part six. That'll be up to him. This is just finding your place, some supplemental PG style, right? So just a supplemental message for him. And, and uh, tonight, if we get to it this morning, which I doubt we will, but tonight I have something else in conjunction with this to talk about. So we want to just kind of continue on with some things Pastor talked about. So Ephesians chapter 4, the 16th verse, we'll just read the the three sets of passages that have been the keynote passages of of this series. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, he said, From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Amen. I love that. Every part does it share. It results in growth of the body. And really that's what we're after. We all want to grow individually. We all want to grow personally in our walk with God, but also I want the body, the collective people that he's called us to, we want that to grow as well. And, uh, you know, the, the more we grow, why is growth important? Because the more growth we have, the more responsibility we can handle. The more growth we have, the more, uh, um, effectiveness we can have. I don't know about you, but I want my life to be effective. I want my life to produce. I want the end of my days to look back and I have something that I'm proud of, but more importantly, that God's proud of. And so as a church, as a collective body, we want to grow up. We want to mature. We want to develop so that we can be more effective. And it's not just up to pastor, pastor Angela, myself, pastor Amy, Stephen, uh, Rachel. It's not up to us. It's up to all of us. Uh, for these things to happen. Amen. But God's faithful. If we'll do it, growth will come. Amen. Spiritually and numerically growth will come, right? Go to Romans chapter 12. By the way, today is our 42nd anniversary of our first service at Impact Family Church or Faith Christian Fellowship back in the day. Today is 42 years. Praise God. And there's not many churches who go that long, you know, that make it that long, but God's been good to us. Amen. 42 years. This Sunday, Praise God. God is, has been good. Amen. Our future's bright. God is still faithful. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies, the Amplified says, presenting all your members and faculties, it means every part of you, presenting your bodies, your lives, you could say, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, not acceptable to someone else or even to yourselves, but acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so pastor's been talking about the fact that there are different levels to the will of God. There is a good, there is an acceptable, there is a perfect will of God. And, it, and when it comes to the, 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 the idea or the topic or, the, or the, the thought process of finding your place, you start somewhere. You don't just walk into your perfect will of your life. You have to prove yourself to get into the perfect will of your life. There are things you have to do to, to prove yourself, to prove, prove your faithfulness, to prove your commitment. Uh, and to develop yourself. And so you start somewhere and it starts with the good, but you know, starting at the good is a good thing to start with. Some folks don't even start with good. We want to get to the good, but staying there is not acceptable. He, he wants us to grow. Anything that's alive should be growing. Anything that's alive should be growing and moving forward. 
And that includes your ability to walk out God's plan for your life, to fulfill the thing and the place God has called you for, the grace that's on your life. We need to be moving forward in those things. That means going from good to acceptable. And then you move into the perfect will of God. Amen. And then we continue reading. This says, for this I say, or I say, through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you. And pastor has uh, emphasized this numerous times. This counts all of us. To everyone who is, is, is there any everyone's here? Yeah, we're all part of the everyone, right? To everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And pastor had mentioned, you know, the, the, if you look in context of what it's talking about here, he's talking about functional faith. Not just faith for healing or faith for finances or even your faith in the Lord Jesus, which the Lord has dealt to us a measure of faith, but faith has always got to be developed. But he's talking about functional faith, faith to function in your place, right? So to think, not to think highly, more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but to think soberly, to think circumspectfully, to think carefully. These things ought to be uh, uh, something that we take time to look at. It'll be something that is a part of our focus and a part of our attention in life that we give ourselves to. And Paul, by the spirit of God, was saying to think soberly about these things. For God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are in one body, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. I can tell you the importance of individual members. I've been living it now for for several weeks. You want all the members of the body to be functioning properly. And uh, uh, even when one starts functioning a little better, it's, it's, this has been a huge blessing to get the cast off, you know, but I'm still limited in what I can do. This last week on uh, Tuesday, Amy and I and the kids went down to her parents' house in South Florida and we went tarpon fishing. And, uh, well, that was the plan was to go tarping fishing. And so, uh, we got there and, and went down and who's, anyone's ever been tarpon fishing before, but tarpon are not small fish They're They can be very large. Uh, I think you've caught what 140 pounder before and yeah, so I mean, that, that's a big fish, you know, to, to reel that in. And of course there's big sharks there. And sometimes you think you're catching a tarpon, you might catch a hammerhead or something. And that can be exciting or scary. But anyway, our plan was to go down and to, and to fish. And, um, and we got down there and got on the boat and, and drove out to the, to the Harbor where the, where all the tarpon are. And, uh, I realized with my thumb, I have a member of my body that's not functioning properly. I can't fish. And I wanted to, I wanted to get out there and, and I don't get to do this all the time. And I wanted to, to hook a tarpon. I got to beat my wife. You know, she's, she's got me one up. I think the biggest I've caught is 110 pounds. And so she's caught a bigger fish than me. She's a much better fisher lady than I am. So, um, she's probably the best in our, in the whole family, I'm sure, but she's quite good at it. And she's has a knack for it. I probably need to change my confession because I usually get frustrated when I'm out there. I, I hate fishing. I'm terrible at this. Maybe that's why I don't catch fish. Anyway. Um, so, you know, I wanted to get out there and, and best her, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I'm, I'm, I have a little bit of a competitive streak and, uh, but I realized, you know, I just, I can't do this because why? Because there's a member of my body, a small part that's just not functioning right. And it just limited what I can do. So it says here that we're members of one another. And when one member is, is not functioning or not present, it, it affects the whole body. That's why in Ephesians says it causes growth of the body because you, you can't grow if there's parts missing. None of the other parts can really be what they've been designed to be when they're trying to compensate for something that's not there or not functioning right. You know, cause I've been trying to compensate and for over a month now compensate with this and compensate with that. And I'm right-handed. And so nothing has gone right. I mean, I've not, I've not been able to do anything the way I should because my right hand has been afflicted by this thumb. Well, we want everybody to be in their place. So he says, being many, we're one in body, individual, individually members of one another. Verse six, having then gifts, not if you have, but having then. So we know we do have gifts having then. And, and like I said, last Sunday night, that's plural. That's not just one, but having gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us. You know, it's good that we have differing gifts. I'm glad that your gift and my gift are different, right? I mean, and, and I'm glad that Rachel's gift is different than Amy's gift and your gift is different than the person that's next to you or your gifts are different. That's how we function, right? Having then gifts, plural, differing according to the grace given to us, let us use them. 
Let us use them. Then he goes on to talk about various gifts in the body and gifts that, that were present. And um, like I said, these are the scriptures, that kind of the keynote scriptures every week pastors read. And, and we've been talking about this subject. And people might think, you know, I wish we'd move on to something else. Anytime the Spirit of God highlights something, it's for a reason. It's not just, just random or just some random thing. Pastor just didn't start preaching on this, this series just because he felt like it. Uh, the Spirit of God prompts him to preach this because we need this. And I believe anytime we respond to what the Spirit of God is emphasizing, that's his gift is to present these things and, and to be faithful to give these things out. When we respond to that gift, what happens? Growth happens. The, the body grows, things mature, things develop because it's not, and it's not just him ministering, it's us as a congregation receiving them and, and acting on them and putting it into practice and making adjustments and doing what we need to do. What causes growth of the body? Well, God has things he wants to do. And like I said, you know, we, we, we want to, just a few things we want to talk about in, in reference to some of this. Uh, go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians, the second chapter. And some of you have heard me um, before in the past. You kind of already know how, how my mind works and how the Lord deals with me on some of these things. And, uh, um, but in, in Ephesians chapter 2, we have another scripture. I don't think Pastor has read this one during this series. Maybe he has, and I just I didn't, uh, didn't, I don't remember it. But Ephesians chapter 2, the 10th verse, it says, For we all, that's all of us, are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. What? For good works. For we all are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. This isn't a maybe. This isn't, if you, if you know Jesus, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've, if you've been born again, you are created in Christ Jesus for something and it's good works, right? And people think, well, you know, faith and faith and works, you know, that's not, that's, I'm not talking about faith and works from the standpoint trying to earn your, your salvation, but works from a position of the fact that you are born again. Paul said, you know, you say, you know, he said, I'll show you my faith by my works. There are works and things that we do that God has prepared for us that we do in response to our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, our trust in him. And it says here that we're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, Notice which God prepared beforehand that what? That we should what? Walk in them. So that tells us the Spirit of God designed these things. And this is, this is why our gifts and callings and things, the talents and things that God places in us are so important. Because they're, they're, they're designed by God. They're, they're specifically crafted and given to each of us by Him. And he expects us that we'd walk those things out. He wants us to grab hold of those things, to accept those gifts and callings. You know, whether, whether you accept it or not, it's still yours. He's given it to you, right? Whether you walk in or not, it's still ours because he's given it to us. You know, I could, I knew early on, you know, that, that the Lord had called me to ministry. And I'll be quite honest with you. That's not what I wanted to do. I mean, growing up in a pastor's house, my parents did a great job, raised me well. I didn't have any problems with them, you know. Uh, but I just knew the kind of stuff that you went through. And so, I mean, I'll do something else. I'll, I'll do this. I'll do that. Well, you know, I could have ignored that. But that's, that's part of the grace of my life. And so he expects me to walk in that. He expects me to walk those things out. Well, there's graces and gifts on your life that he expects you to walk out. And by the Spirit of God, Paul wrote that these are things that we should walk in. Um, you know, when we, when we look at the word works, the, the, the Greek word for that is the aragon and it means business or employment. And you say, well, I'm not paid to do these things. It's, it's, it's a, it's a life's pursuit, right? It says, uh, that which any is occupied, that which one undertakes to do an enterprise or an undertaking. It's, it's, it's your enterprise of your life. It's the, it's the effort of your life. And then that word, uh, it says that we should walk in them. It actually, it, the Hebrew for this is, um, is to live, to regulate one's life, to conduct oneself, to pass one's life. So the, the Spirit of God is telling us that, that we're to walk in these things, we're to live these things out. And they're not just to be a, a supplement to who we are, but these gifts, these things he's prepared for us ahead of time, that he, that he wants us to walk in them, they're supposed to be the things that, that dictate and determine the course that our lives take. 
Meaning you don't, you don't have a, your, your secular life, your personal life, and you fit in the gifts and callings of God. You fit them into that. No, you have your gifts and calling, the anointings of God, and you fit your personal life into it. You'll say, well, Pastor Greg, you say that because that's your job. You get paid to do it. I live in the real world. This is all the real world. Above everything else, we're servants of the king. Above everything else, we are serving the master. Above everything else, we're already living in eternity. We're already in the family of God. We're, once we're born again, we submit ourselves to him. That's how the goodness of God chases us down. That's how the grace of God chases us down. We submit ourselves to him. We're already members of that family. We're already working for the Lord. You can work for the Lord and that can be your, his assignment, his gifts, his calling can be your life's pursuit. And it can be the, the very thing that you regulate one's life by, that someone regulates their life by and still have a secular job. You know, you can do your job, but you can do it as unto the Lord. You can do whatever it is. You can raise your children as unto the Lord. You can, you can, you can serve and honor your spouse. You can do all of these things as unto the Lord. Your natural affairs should be regulated by these gifts, by these things that, that are on the inside of you. So we can see it's very clear God expects us to do this. And this is true for all of us. God expects this from us. And like I said, you know, people think, well, man, you know, Pastor Greg, I, I, I wish we'd, we could move on to something else. You know, one of the things that we've always done, and this has been something when you talk to pastor about his philosophy or how the Lord has led him to pastor all these years is he focuses on two things. He focuses on rights and on responsibilities. He focuses on our rights. How many of you know our rights in Christ are amazing? Our rights and privileges, you know, the uh, redemption and, and, and health and victory and soundness of mind. And, and these are things we ought to stay excited about. Are you excited about those things, right? And people love, generally love to hear about those things. You know, people only get tired of hearing about those things when they're not actually walking in those things. When they're not doing the things that the Bible says to have peace and victory and joy, when they're not doing those things, then they get kind of irritated with hearing about rights and privileges because they think, well, there's no power in it. No, well, if you don't do what the word says, you deceive yourselves. Our rights and privileges in Christ are amazing. I said, they're amazing. We ought to look different than everybody else. Why? Because we're in Christ. We're, we're, we're sons and daughters of the King. Our lives ought to look different. Our lives ought to sound different. The produce of our lives ought to look different. Everywhere we go, we, it should look like blessing follows us. Goodness follows us. Love follows us. Why? That's, that's part of the privilege. That's part of the, our rights and privileges. Well, the other side of pastor's philosophy all these years is also preach on responsibilities, rights and responsibilities. You know, I know a lot of times people don't necessarily like to hear about the responsibilities because it requires something. I know as a kid growing up, you know, when they would give me a, you know, here's the weekend here, we're going to, we're going to go do this. We're going to go to the Springs. My dad and I, we would go to the Springs and we, we used to love during the summers, love the summer months. You know, we would, we would explore all the Springs in the area and we would go to everything. We would, we would even sometimes go across property lines and sneak into this place and go here and, and go diving over there. And we would check out every spring in the Santa Fe and on the Swanee. I mean, we, we, we would just check them all out. So I love that. All right, this week we're going to go to Troy Springs. We're going to go to, to Cow Springs. We're going to go, you know, here. We're going to go there. But he said, but I also want you, so that was a first, a right, a privilege. We're going to go do something fun. But he said, but I also want to make sure that the car gets washed and the yard gets mowed. And I was excited about the rights, the privileges. Ooh, we're going to do some swimming. But I wasn't too excited about doing the mowing, you know, and, and washing the car. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's just human nature. But you know, the responsibilities, those, those, the things that we're required to do are also great and they're awesome. They really are awesome. When we talk about these things, as far as putting, using these gifts and the things that the Lord has given to us, it really is an amazing thing. I mean, think about it. God thinks so highly of you that he will give to you a part of himself, a part of his ability. I mean, we, we collectively, all of these gifts and all of these callings that, that all these things, these works that he has designed ahead of time for us to do and to walk in, these are all parts and aspects of the very ministry of Jesus himself. He started it over 2000 years ago, but then he entrusted the same, not a different, but the same ministry to you and to me. And so you have a part in that. 
I mean, I think all of us would have loved to have been there on the day, you know, when he fed the 5,000 and to be a part of, you know, he told them to separate them. There were things they needed to do. He said, separate the crowd into groups here and there. There were some logistical things. That's ministry of helps. That is a grace that they had because he couldn't do it all. Even Jesus couldn't do it all. And so he sent them to you go here and you go there and you separate this group and somebody go find me something that I can work with. I'm sure whoever it was that brought that boy up with the two loaves and the fish, you know, and got to bring that to Jesus and all the disciples that were passing out the miracle that happened. I'm sure they were so excited to be a part of it. It probably is something that, that makes their their list in life that they like, I was there for this. Like I got to be a part of, you know, that thing y'all are reading about, you read it, I lived it, right? I mean, you know, there's a little bit of a, a kind of a sense of, yeah, you know, you, you talk about it, but I was there. You know, like, remember, I'm sure some of you big sports fans, you know, you've had a great victory that happened with the Gators. If you were there versus just hearing about it, when you're there, you're, you're a part of it. Right. And you, you say, well, you know, somebody talks about this and they talk about some victory. I was actually there just recently, you know, brother Mick Hubert, uh, they've moved to Sarasota, but he retired and they were replaying some of the greatest moments and the, and the call he gave with Chris Doring, you know, with over Kentucky, right? Was it Kentucky? It was Kentucky. And he, and I'm not a Gator fan, but you can tell the excitement in his voice. Right. And all the people there, maybe not the Kentucky fans, but the Gator fans were so excited. Just, woo, just well, you know, it's a little different to have heard about it. On Monday, you opened up the paper and you read that Doring scored and that the announcer, Mick Hubert, said some really cool stuff, you know, and he had a bunch of oh my's. That's great. But to actually have been there and saw it for yourself and heard it for yourself, you know, I mean, I think about the great comeback in, in 1995 with Florida State and Florida, you know, uh, where we were down by 30 points or 28 points with 11 minutes to go. I think as a Florida State fan, what an amazing game. You know, I got to be there. Now, some of y'all just completely shut me off. Anyway, that's it. but as a Florida State fan, I was so happy to have been there because, you know, we were down by 28 points and 11 minutes to go. And we call it the, well, we call, I won't tell you what we call it because it's not friendly to, to Gator fans, but, but. We call it the choke at Doke is what we call it because you guys were beating us senseless, you know. And so had this massive comeback and 28 points in, in just a few minutes. And, and I can say I didn't just watch it on TV. I was there. You know, I went from being depressed and upset and so disappointed that we look terrible right now to this amazing comeback. And every drive, I'm getting more and more excited. And if we had just had five more seconds, we would have won the game. But we left it as a tie. Do you all remember that game? Some of you Gator fans? Some of y'all have blocked it from your memory. I've been there too. But um, I mean, I, I was there. Well, you know, when we look at the gifts and callings of God, these are things during this time of our life that we're going to look back on and we have, we, we will be two different things. Remember the gifts and callings, these gifts have been given to us. And when we look back on this, it'll either be with great excitement. I was there, you know, I was in my seat and I couldn't be on the field, but I was in my seat. I was cheering or I had tickets and I didn't go. I had, I had a place, I had a seat reserved, I had a job that I could have fulfilled on that day. I could have cheered my team on, you know, but I decided not to go. Or maybe I got halfway there and instead I decided to spend the day at Waffle House, you know, or whatever it is, you know, and, and I was tailgating and I just stayed out in the parking lot, never bothered to come in. That would be a shame. Well, you know, we're going to look back at this time because remember these gifts, these things have been given to us, not going to, they have been given to us. And we're going to look back and say, what did I do with that? What, how did I, how did I proceed with that? And, and it is a great honor to know that you are, you have the ability. God thinks of you enough that he gives you the opportunity and the ability to walk out his plan and to actually administer his grace to develop, to, 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 to perform, to even perfect in your own life, these graces, these talents, these gifts that he's given us. There is no greater honor than that. There's just no greater honor than that. And so we, it's important that we, we, we see it for what it is. This is a great opportunity. Amen. And so, you know, we want to, we want to always, uh, 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 pursue this. And this is something in my life that I'm, I'm passionate about. Let's pursue everything God has for us. Let's, let's do everything he's called us to do. 
You know, there's a minister that, um, uh, that I know, and his granddad had this statement. He said, he said, you know, he was a pastor for almost 50 years, and he said, uh, I've been called to comfort the afflicted. I think that's good as a pastor to comfort the afflicted, right? If you're afflicted, I'm here to comfort you. He said, but I've also been called to afflict the comforted, right? If you're sitting here and you're too comfortable, I'm here. My job's also to afflict you, you know? And so no matter where you find yourself on it, when I hear these things, they don't bother me because man, I'm, I've, I've made a decision to embrace them. I still have times where I have to like, okay. All right, Lord. Because you know, when you get into the grace of God, it's always bigger. It's always more than you understand. It's always more than you can comprehend. God's just way bigger than us. And his plans are so much crazier than ours are, right? And so much bigger than ours. So I'm always checking myself and like, okay, I have to now make a decision. All right, I'm going to obey this as well. I'm going to, I'm going to do this as well. Why? This is part of the gift you've given me. This is the development of this gift, this place you've called me to. And so these things don't bother me. But if you find yourself a little annoyed with pastor series or my supplemental just help on the side message, you know, don't be annoyed with it. Listen, we, we need to be stirred up in these areas. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I want to look at, uh, what time is it? 1152. You know, we, this today's the 42nd anniversary. And I was just thinking of the importance of, of over the 42 years of this church, people who have stood in these positions and done these various things. You know, pastor talked about, uh, the tambourine playing. And, um, you know, Leah played tambourine for years. She then trained me how to play tambourine, had to learn how to play the tambourine, you know, and uh, she trained me how to play the tambourine and Kendra this last week we were talking and she, she said, you know, when she was first invited to the church, uh, the person who invited her said, listen, before you go, she'd come out of a very denominational background where wasn't a lot of music. I don't think they had any music of any kind. And uh, she said, I just have to warn you, you're coming to church on Sunday, but I just want you to know they play tambourine. There's tambourines there. And uh, it's just kind of trying to get Kendra prepared. So Kendra was thinking that I have a big box of tambourines and everybody's got to grab a tambourine, you know? And so she told me coming into church, she was sweating it. Like, I could, oh, I, I got I to gotta learn to play the tambourine because they play tambourines. And if I go to church there, I have to, that's not the way it works. We had one tambourine player. But, you know, Leah did that for years and, and different ones did things. You know, Pastor talked about uh, uh, Miss Ruth Dunn. You know, my mom was running the children's uh, department or the t- children's church. And Pastor's like, you know, I need my wife. I need her help with me on Sunday mornings. And so uh, Sister Ruth stepped up and, man, did a faithful job for years. I sat in Miss Ruth Dunn's children's church. I might have even sat in the diaper chair a couple times. If y'all know what that is, she had a diaper chair. If you got a line, she'd put you in the diaper chair. Did you ever have to sit in the diaper chair? Oh, yeah. Anybody else ever had to sit in the diaper chair back in Miss Dunn's days? We know Benji did. But anyway, um, no, Benji and I were fighting over it most of the time. So every now and then I had to sit in the diaper chair. No, she, was, she came along and she had a gift with children. And, you know, it wasn't necessarily her first thing that she just wanted to do, but there was a need And so she just did it. She used a part of her gift, her grace on her life. And she stepped in and did it, did it faithfully for years. That's a result of why we're here. You think as far as reward goes, you know, she will get a reward for all of those years, but she's also going to get a reward for the continued fruit of this church. All these years later, she's been in heaven now for ages, you know, but she's still getting reward based upon her service here. Serving is, is a very thing. Now I have another scripture that I want to put up and I actually want to put this on the screen. And if you can, you can put that up, uh, Kelsey, we'll do the new King James version. Now I want us to look at this scripture and, and, uh, uh, I know it's 1155, so we're going to go quick. But when I read this, when I look at this scripture, um, my eyes go to one particular place. My eyes always go to one spot. And like I said, you know, if you know anything about me, I mean, my, this is something that's very real to me that the Lord has talked to me about that, that, you know, we've made a lot of decisions in life based upon this very idea. This has been something for Amy and I that has, has really been kind of the determining factor in a lot of the decisions we've made. Do we do this? Do we do that? Do we take this job? We take that job. Do we, what do we do? And this is the, the thought process that has really dominated the way we've done things. And I'll tell you, this is, this is how my parents think. And this is something that I was raised to, to, to do and how to look at things. But when I look at this scripture, my eyes really quickly, I'll move back in case somebody can't see because of me. When my, when my eyes look at the scripture, I go to one place. 
It says, for if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For necessity is laid upon me. This was Paul speaking. He says, for necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. You know, like I said, when I was a teenager, you know, I, I was probably, I'll never forget. Actually, it was a, a Shekinah glory service I was in and kind of had an indication of the things that the Lord wanted me to do. But, you know, I really didn't know officially, hadn't really Probably I wasn't, I wasn't listening as hard as I should or as well as I should, you know. And I wasn't really sure what the Lord had called me to do, but it was a Shekinah glory service. And, and uh, you know, the Lord really dealt with me during, during one of those services that were there. And, and uh, as far as the guest ministers we've had over the years, they've had, probably had a greater impact in my life than, than any single guest minister we've had. And uh, during one of those times they were with us, the Lord really dealt with me about, you know, what I needed to do. And, um, you know, from, from that time on, there was just this kind of like, you, you know, this is what the Lord said. This is what I, I, I have to do it. And for me to say, you know, that I, I, I'm, I get to be a, a minister or get to preach the gospel, it's kind of like what Paul said. I've got nothing to boast of. I mean, I honestly don't look at it as something like, huh, I'm a preacher. You know, most people in the world don't look at it as positive anyway. It's funny, you know, growing up, you know, I've got people that I run into and I'm about to have my 30th high school reunion. And uh, I know it's hard to believe I look so young. And, um, uh, <laughs> but uh, nobody laughed. That's really sad. But anyway, uh, make an appointment with a doctor. All right. So um, I run into people, maybe haven't seen me for a while and, and don't really know what I'm doing. You ask, hey, Greg, how's it going? I'm good. How are you doing? And, and, uh, and they'll say, it always goes to what? What do you do? What do you do? You know, and so, and, and I know the conversation because if they ask me what I'm doing, they don't know what I do. And the people who know what I'm doing don't ask what I'm doing because they already know what I'm doing. They just kind of try to avoid it, you know. We just ran into somebody the other day at grad, one of the graduations. I hadn't seen him in a long time and said, are you going to be there? You know, and so it was kind of an awkward conversation. People want to avoid the subject, you know. But most people, you know, oh, you're a preacher. Oh, suddenly. Got to go. Gotta go, gotta go. Look at the time. Better go, better go. You know, I mean, you all know what I'm talking about. Like, hey, this guy, I don't want to talk to this guy. But you know, when you get in some circles, people are like, oh, you're a preacher. I've never looked at it that way. It's just what the, it's what the Lord called me to do. And, and it's the grace, part of the grace that's on my life. I have nothing to boast of for necessity is laid it upon me. There was a need and it was laid upon me. But it goes on to say, woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. Woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. And I know, you know, sometimes people think, man, these are kind of like heavy things to think about, but these are real things to think about. That word, woe, now it's not like, whoa, whoa, Nelly, or that. It's not, we're not telling a horse to say, whoa, you know, but when you say, whoa, to a horse, if you ride a horse, you say, whoa, you're telling it to stop. You're, you're, You're wanting that thing to think for a second. Or a horse, you want it to obey. They don't really they don't want thinking for itself. You want it to obey. But in this verse, when it says, whoa, that is something that's a, it should be, it, it, that's, not a, that's not a light term. And the Apostle Paul, I mean, yes, he had a, he had a very bad past. He, he had a lot of things he was not a proud of. But by the time he was writing this scripture, he, Jesus had appeared to him. And I mean, he had done this and done that and established this church and established that church and and. He, God had given him the, the revelation for the new age, you know, of Christ in you, Christ in me, the hope of glory. He had given him Paul this, and Paul was, and Paul was a big deal, yeah. right? But he said this. Now, this wasn't just Paul talking. This was the Spirit of God also talking to us, talking to the church in Corinth. The church in Corinth was a little crazy, now, they were kind of a wild church, always getting into this, getting into that, you know, getting into disobedience here, getting into excess over here. And this was not just Paul, but this was his also telling them, hey, listen, whatever it is called, you're called to do, don't boast in it. Necessities laid it upon you. He said, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. That word woe, and I don't even try to pronounce the Greek word, it's O-U-A-I. I don't know, maybe you all know Greek and then you can correct me. I don't know, oi, woe and oi okay maybe they sound similar we'll say it's oi anyway maybe there's an oi ouch involved in it but it's o-u-a-i it actually means disaster or horror it's an exclamation of grief when he said woe is me he was not saying woe is me like 
whoa. Or, 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 whoa, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He wasn't saying that. It was a, an exclamation of grief, of horror, of, uh, of, and I'll add this word, an impending disaster. If I don't do this, there's impending disaster attached to it. See, you know, when we talk about these things, anytime the Spirit of God emphasizes something, He's trying to get us somewhere. He's trying to prepare us for something. And, and, and there's, there's a lot to this, and I'll have time. But, but when you see something that's coming, you do something about it. Just, I took uh, my parents to the airport on Friday. I take them to the airport, and then I take their car back to the house so it doesn't have to sit out in the sun all week and pay for parking at the airport. And so as I was taking their car back to their house, uh, passing, I don't know what that road is when you go past, uh, well, it's 441. So when you go past Winn-Dixie heading out town, you go past the, the Santa Fe bar and you're cruising along there and the cars go really fast, you know? And so I passed a car and a bunch of furniture flew out of the back of the car, uh, out of the back of their truck, you know, as I passed by. So there was some chairs and different things in the road and it didn't hit me, you know, cause I'm going the other direction, kind of went on by, but there was a car right behind it. And when it did, the car swerved and, and, and then there was another car right behind it that couldn't see what happened. And so the first car swerved out of the way and the second car, I mean, there wasn't much time to do anything and they also swerved and I couldn't tell if they hit any of it or part of it. I don't really know. Uh, but you know, there were other cars coming. They were coming the other direction. They were coming really fast, you know, and probably some might even been speeding on the road, 65, 70 miles an hour. So what did I do? What would you have done? Now, the guy who dropped the furniture, he immediately pulled over and he's trying to run out and grab the stuff. So, and I was going the other direction. So going back to help him wouldn't have been a help, but I did have a responsibility. I felt to flash my lights, to wave my hand out the door. Hey, stop, 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 slow down, slow down, slow down. Most people went right on by me, didn't pay me any attention, but there was one person I saw that she, that she saw my hand. You can tell that look on somebody's face, even though going fast, she saw my hand and I looked in the mirror. She started hitting the brakes immediately. Start hitting the brakes, start hitting the brakes, hitting the brakes. Well, you would do that. We would all do that. If there was a bridge out, we would all do that. We would get up there and say, stop, stop, stop. There's a bridge out. There's something, you know, there's danger ahead. Well, these type messages are those kind of things because Paul said, woe to me if I don't do it. He said, danger and disaster awaits me if I don't do it. And I know here we have a great number of people who serve and are using their gifts and doing different things. And, and, and that's wonderful, but we can all take a step up. We do know the end result is always growth of the body. And we also know that every person is vital. Every gift is important. That's why pastor's been talking about it. It's so important for the growth of the body, but it's also so important for the individual. For the person individually, it's important. He said, woe is to me. You know, I showed the video. We don't have time to do it this morning. You can look it up on YouTube. It's John Brevere. Type in John Brevere, the, the believer's judgment. I showed this a couple months ago on a Sunday night. If you've not watched it, watch it. And we don't have time to watch it this morning, but it's a powerful uh, uh, visual demonstration uh, of, of standing before the Lord. People think, well, only unbelievers will be judged. Well, they'll be judged in, in a way different than us, but we still have to give an account. We still have to stand before the Lord and give an account of what we've done, how we've used those gifts, those grace that we know were given to us. Even somebody who didn't sit in a church and hear this message, they should have known because God's word was given to them. And there's something on the inside of every person. It's there. Just like when you pass that car that dropped the furniture on the road, unless there's something wrong with you, there, there is an innate response. I got to do something right? There's just an automatic response. Let me, what can I do? What can I do to help? Actually, in some States you can actually be prosecuted. If you know, it's called that. Some States have good Samaritan laws. If you could do something and it would not have affected you in any way and you decided not to, and somebody was seriously hurt, you can actually be prosecuted for that. I don't know if Florida does that or not, but, but anyway, I mean, that's how serious these things can be. Well, we always will stand before the Lord. I'm thankful pastor has brought this stuff up. If there's an, I've been examining my own life. Is there a grace, a gift in my life that I've not been utilizing, that I've not been doing what I need to? Maybe I've been doing it, but not with everything I've got. Maybe I've been serving, but not wholeheartedly. Maybe, I, maybe I've just ignored it altogether because it wasn't convenient. I'm thankful that these things get brought up because that day's coming and I want to be ready. 
It's an important, there's reward attached to our gifts as well. There's reward attached to our gifts, eternal reward attached to our service. I know we have to, we have to finish, but, um, the verse goes on to say, and and it's not on the screen. You can take that down, Kelsey. Thank you. Verse 17, it says, for if I do do this willingly, this is first Corinthians nine, 17, the following verse for, if I do this willingly, I have a reward, but if against my will, I, I have been entrusted with a stewardship. It's just simply something I was required to do, but there's no reward attached to it. This is, this is a, this is a major, a major deal. And as, and I know pastor had said too, you know, this is not something you typically talk about on a Sunday morning. We need to talk about it at all times. Every person has a gift. Every person, grace has been given to every single person, not just a single gift or a single grace, but gifts and graces. I would dare say there's probably gifts and graces on our lives that we're not even aware yet because you have to be faithful with the first. You have to start with the good before you can find the acceptable and then move into the perfect. There's grace for every, there's grace to do a good. There's grace to move to acceptable. There are, there's grace to move to perfect. There's gifts to do that are good. There are gifts to do that are, that are to perform that are acceptable. There are gifts to perform that are perfect. We're all in the process somewhere. I would dare say there's not a person here, myself included. There's graces on my life. I've not yet even walked in. I know there's some things the Lord has shown me that he wants me to do. I still have no idea how that's going to happen. Like what? Like what is that? I don't know what that is. Well, I'm in, how will I get there? I need to be faithful with the grace, with the gift, the calling that he has for me right now, today, this time. If it takes five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, whatever it takes, I'm going to do it until he tells me to do something else. Nothing else is going to get me out of that place. We've made a decision. We've made a decision. I've got to do this. Why? Because woe to me if I don't, right? And so this is totally selfish on my part. Woe to me if I don't do it. But it's also important for us. If he's called me here, then it, it would be a detriment to us. Why is it a big deal if our graces aren't used? Well, if our graces aren't used, if our gifts aren't used, then people suffer. Ministry doesn't take place. Think about Leah playing the tambourine. If she hadn't have done it, pastor had to continue to play the guitar as terribly as he was by his own admission, you know, he'd have continued to do it. it. We wouldn't have progressed. We have, you know, we're, we have the band we have now because Leah was faithful to use her gift. Then pastor was faithful to do whatever was required. And that's part of it. A, whatever it takes attitude, whatever it takes, I'm going to pick up the guitar. Even though I haven't played since I was a teenager, I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to, I'm going to do what I have to do. I'm going to play. Well, then Leah, I'm going to do, she did she didn't long to be a tambourine player. I'm sure that wasn't the goal of her life. One day I want to grow up and oh, play the tambourine. I'm sure that's not what she thought, but it was a need. But it led to this. It led to that. Sister Ruth watching the kids. It led to training Stephen, training Benji, training me, training all these other kids that came through. Establishing a children's ministry that different ones came along. And many people here went through those same, same classes and same things that who? Pastor Ruth or Pastor Ruth. Sister Ruth established. When we withhold these things, people don't get ministered to. The body doesn't function. Tarpon trips don't happen, right? Fishing trips can happen. And then what, what, what's the end result? It's, it was just a tarpon trip, but, but it wasn't the best use of the money. It wasn't the optimal use of my time. And I didn't beat my wife and the largest fish. I couldn't one up or it probably will never happen. I said my words again, but anyway, maybe one day it will. It limited my effectiveness. Well, it limits our effectiveness. I believe God is desiring growth of the body. That's what he's looking for. And until every part gets healthy to every part gets, gets into its place. You know, I, I, I you know, I, I go to the gym and, 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 you know, the doctor told me don't lift, don't do anything. So I can't even work out the way I would like to, because I'm not ready yet. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, there's something I just can't do. Well, you know, until we get everybody where they need to be. So I'm busy. I'm doing a lot. Well, keep at it. But then what is the Lord asking you to do? You know, you can think, well, I'm doing enough as it is. Listen, there's reward attached to it. There's, there's reward attached. I'm just like you are. Sometimes I get annoyed. Nobody else is like that. No, yeah. Sometimes I get annoyed like, man, what is the deal? You know what? But then I step back and I think, you know what? 
this is my opportunity and I'm going to do it as unto the Lord, you know, and, and, and you think, well, you're paid to do it. Not everything I'm, I do is paid to do, right? <laughs> but, and, 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 and no matter what my job is or your job is, we have things we have to do. It's causing growth. I believe God wants to grow us as a church. This isn't just a random thing that pastor was talking about. Uh, let me see if anything else I want to, want to, want to, uh, oh boy, that, that's a good one too, but it is 12, 12. We'll stop right here. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll mention that tonight. I'm not sure, uh, what we'll do, but praise God. I hope you've enjoyed, you know, what pastor has been talking about these things and, and I would encourage you to go back and listen to him again and, and, um, um, uh, really take to heart the things he's been talking about and examine your own life. What can you do? You know, I was thinking, uh, this week, you know, about this and, and, um, you know, we're, this is training ground for eternity. Our service here is training ground for eternity. You know, I know we've in the, in the news, they've had all the stuff going on about the queen's birthday or whatever that stuff is going on. And, in 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 uh, in London, you know, the, whatever Jubilee, is it her birthday or 70 years of the monarchy, right? 70 years from, from, you know, she started her queenship. I mean, I, I wrote down some of the dates. 1938, King Edward ab- abdicated the throne. Uh, her, his brother, King George VI, took over. And they immediately started training his daughter, Elizabeth, for what? To take the crown. To take the crown. That was in 1936. The dad took over because the one brother didn't want to do it anymore. He abdicated the throne. King George VI took over, you know. So they started tra- training Elizabeth. Elizabeth, she had a completely different track in mind for her life. That was, the job she was thrust upon her was something that the guy who abdicated, that was supposed to be his family, his kids. He was supposed to produce an heir. But he didn't want the responsibility, wanted whatever, you know, and so he abdicated. So now this was thrust upon her. You might think, well, it feels like things are being thrust upon me. The grace, the gifts of God are never, they're not never, a, they're never a burden. There is great responsibility attached to it, but, but there, it's never a burden if, unless you choose to see it as a burden. It's a great opportunity to serve. It's a great privilege to serve. The reality is, you know, they celebrated 70 years of, of, the, of, of the queen, you know, the monarchy or her, her rule, 70 years. It's really longer than 70 years. She started when she was a little girl. She's 90, 90 something years old, 90 years old, 90, 96. Yeah. She's close to a hundred years old. She's been on the throne for 70 years, but really her queenship, her being queen, what was take to be the queen started before the crown was put on her head. It started when she was a little girl. And so having said all that, you know, there are, there are things that the Lord has called us to, you know, I'll say this, you know, the, the greatest privilege in eternity will be what we get to do. People think it'll be floating around on clouds and playing harps and, you know, swimming in the crystal sea and walking on gold and it'll be great. And those things will be cool. You know, it'll be fun, but you'll get, you'll get, you'll never be like over it. But, but it, 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 those things aren't really what it's about. Your mansion, no matter how cool your mansion is. Even if you've got a, a Krispy Kreme in your mansion, how cool would that be, right? Ooh, hallelujah, I got a, and the hot sign is always on, right? I mean, I'm believing for that, right? And no matter how great that is, but it's still just a house, it's still just a mansion, it's still, I, don't, I won't be there all the time. The greatest opportunity will be what I get to do for the king. What I get to do for the master, how close I get to be in the, the decision-making of things. I mean, he'll leave decisions as, yeah, we'll have a, he says we'll rule and reign together with him. That means there'll be a partnership in, in the economy, in the, in the hierarchy of eternity. There's going to be a partnership and, and he, he's entrusting us with his ministry now. Do you think he'll not be entrusting us later with us? But yeah, we're in eternity now. And so the greatest reward we're going to have is our position, our, our place, what we get to do for the Father, what we get to do for the kingdom. 
Don't miss your opportunity to get prepared now. How do I do it? You do it by being faithful with the gifts and talents he's given you here. So the law of sowing and reaping, I know I'm going a little, just a minute, but this is important. The law of sowing and reaping applies in every area. There, there always is a time of sowing so that reaping can come later. Even in this area as well, in the future, you're not going to reap responsibility if you didn't sow into it here. If you weren't sowing in this life with the things he's entrusted to you, then there's nothing to reap in the next life. It's the same life as far as we're concerned because we're eternal beings, but as far as how we're doing things, you're not going to see it then if you're not doing it now. It's such an important thing. It's such an important thing. Our time is the most precious thing we have. Let's take advantage of it. Let's all stand. Father, we are grateful for your plan. Father, thank you for your plan. 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 Hallelujah. Oh, thank you for your plan for humanity, for the human race. Father, thank you for your plan and your purpose for us as a church, your plan and your purpose for us as a people, as individuals. Father, I am grateful. I'm so thankful. I'm so honored, humbled that you would choose me, that you would choose us. Father, I'm grateful. Thank you for seeing things in us, placing things in us that we didn't see in ourselves and we couldn't put in ourselves, but you saw them and placed them there. Father, we're grateful. I'm so very thankful. Lord, it's a blessing to serve you. It's a blessing to work for you. It's a blessing to, when I say work, I don't mean as a, a paid minister, but work for you as a son of God, a child of God. It's a blessing. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. Thank you, Lord, for the responsibilities you've given to each of us. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity you've given even a pastor series to to examine our lives and examine ourselves and to say to see if there's an area where we can step up Things that we can, we can lay hold of, gifts, talents, callings that we can embrace more fully. The opportunity we have to do that in this life, Father, it's a blessing. We're so very thankful. Lord, I'm mindful, Lord, as, you, as we do this. You cause growth of the body. You cause growth in my life. You grow, cause growth in our life as a church. But also in the body of Christ as a whole. Growth happens. Father, we're thankful for it today. We love you. For I make the determination to follow you, to be all that you've called us to be, to do everything you've asked us to do, to fully please you, to walk worthy of you, Father, to, to take advantage of all of these gifts, these callings that you placed in our lives. Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.